Stay away from these names. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in everybody to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It is me, Joey P. Joe P. Zapia, and today we're going to have a great debate about the players to avoid in 2023. And I can tell you already, some of these names we disagree on. So it's going to be a hot one at the Fantasy Pros MLB channel. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the MLB channel over on our YouTube. We're also going to talk a little draft advice and also we're going to do a little what's trending. I got a permission to do that today on the show. And uh, what's trending today on Twitter actually is Joe Pesci, who's celebrating his 80th birthday. And I have a true Joe Pesci story that I'm going to share at the end of the show. So make sure you stick around for that, because that's going to be good times. Welsh, I know we talk about players to avoid, but so much of this sometimes is more about not necessarily disliking the player, but disliking the cost of the player. Was that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. I think I actually am envious sometimes of some of the people out there that are just so dead set that they hate a player. I don't have that necessarily all the time. So I'm envious that like someone can go and look at something and be like, there's no circumstance where I'll ever like this player. I hate them. They're gone. And they have these robust lists of these are the bus. And I think there it's a lot of it can be circumstantial. There are guys that a lot of mine exist in like this guy. I don't like maybe the way that they are theoretically going to perform and based on the value of what is being put into them. But yeah, I'm a little bit different. I'm not a, I'm not a big hate guy, Joe. You know me. I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. So I don't, I'm not going to hate on all these guys. There are circumstances. I'm, I'm I will a lover tell you and a fighter. That's the difference. Between of us. yours, there is one I adamantly love. Uh, I'm with a lot of your other guys here. Even myself going through my own list, like I could find reasons. I could see two or three of my guys jumping on one of my draft lists. Mm-hmm. But at some point, there's got to be players we avoid. And the cost based on the production that you can get. And sometimes even positionally is what kind of feeds some of this sometimes. And one of the guys uh, on your list, I was going to put on my list. And then what happened was the more I dug into them, the more I'm like, I just can't do it. I think this guy's for real. So, all right. So, you know, enough teasing, enough nonsense. So we got a lot of teases here. We got important stories at the end of the show. Lots of things happening, but Joe Pesci, by the way, Joe Pesci, that's That's real life, Joe Pesci story. So anyway, Before we get to all of that, these players we're talking about, you may want to avoid, may not. You got to start practicing your draft. So make sure you go to fantasypros.com slash draft wizard. The draft wizard is open for business. The cheat sheet creator just got released too. So you can create your cheat sheets for, you know, whatever expert you like. You like Welsh, you hate me, whatever it is. You could go ahead and create your own perfect draft sheet uh, for all the experts that you have and combine them all into one amazing sheet. You could use that on the draft wizard. Again, the more you have a premium subscription to fantasy pros, the more access you have including stuff like if you're in a keeper league, you can put the keepers on different teams already and then do the mock draft. Pretty incredible stuff here. Again, you can only get it at the draft wizard. Download it right now, wherever you get your apps and go to fantasybros.com slash draft wizard to get your mock draft on Welsh. Let's start with your number five guy on your players to avoid list in 2023. All right. I think this is one that you're not going to like here. And I didn't particularly like putting him on here. He's a former diamond back. Um, he's pretty highly drafted, but that's part of the problem. It's Dalton Varsho, and I know that's going to not make a lot of people super happy about that. Um, there's a couple reasons behind it. Obviously, Dalton Varsho is going, I don't think, into a, uh, well, I don't think, it's not a better hitter environment. <laughs> Fun little tool and tip you can do, I always enjoy doing it, is going and looking at the expected uh, home runs per ballpark if they played all their games there. Arizona, if Dalton Varsho had played every game in Arizona in 2022, he would have hit 33 homers. In Toronto, 29. So there's already a decrease if, if you just wanted a little bit of like, you know, uh, example to throw in your face about maybe some of the power suppression, but probably better than anything else. 
is like a wildly, wildly low expected batting average, which I really don't like. He already hit relatively low um, batting average with 235 last season, and that's been kind of a struggle. But he didn't have any type of like inverse. Like he didn't have like he hit 235 and then he hit an expected 250. No, he had one of the worst top seven or bottom 7% in the league, 214 expected batting average which stinks. Launch angle has decreased. Um, his strikeout rate increased over year over year and his hard hit percentage went down a little bit more. So all of that on top of in fantasy pros, ADP of 43 that mm-hmm. qualifies at outfield, which is cool. He's a catcher, which is cool if you play in a two catcher league, but top 50 right now, I don't like, I think it's going to be really hard to repeat what he did last year. Obviously, um, they've got a whole lot of different options. Another one of those I'm worried about outside of batting average is the stolen base numbers, which are pretty inflated. Last year, Arizona was top five in baseball in stolen bases per game. Toronto, bottom 10 in uh, MLB. So I just don't know if he's going to be I don't know if that's philosophical so much as, you know, I don't know if you want guys like, uh, you know, Alejandro Kirk and Vlad Guerrero running the bases very much. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they have I, George Springer, uh, Bo Bichette. Yeah, uh, well, George Oscar. Springer's made of glass. I don't want him running the bases either. Uh, I think well, I think it might be possibly circumstantial, that number. It's a good number. It's a good point. My my th- I'm, I'm not against what you're saying because I do think top 50 is a little high up there. I'd say in shallower leagues, Varsho is somebody 20 picks later than Real Muto that you're going to get power. You're going to get speed. You're going to get catcher eligibility. I'm going to take that to the bank. I know the batting average isn't there, but still it's like, you know, I'm getting a lot of those things So in the shallower league where, you know, I could go ahead and go reach for a catcher and I'm not too worried about being able to find replacement value. Some of the other positions later on, it's interesting. Or in the two catcher leagues, I think Varsho becomes another big target guy, but I, I hear what you're saying. There's definitely, it's not like going to Roger centers all of a sudden some, you know, massive win for him compared to where he was playing. Listen, there's a lot of potential RBI opportunities that are going to exist out there. It's a much better offensive team, but you do have maybe this like circulating thing that's going to go on as far. I mean, also I I think struggles versus lefties. You, you might, I don't know. I can say there's going to be platooning going on, but catching an outfield in a worse ballpark factor, XBA hard hit, all of that stuff has been pretty crap and going down. You're just living off of like really high counting stats that if he ends up becoming a 20 homer, eight stolen base guy and hits 220 or 230 or something like that, the value is not even remotely close to top 10 uh, or I'm sorry, uh, top 50 uh, overall. Mm-hmm. But also as far as catchers go in general, I know you're saying like the, the value is really good, but there's just actually a lot of value at catcher this year. You can get a Varsho type player and MJ Melendez who's going to play in the outfield past 100 in one catcher leagues. Wilson Contreras, William Contreras, Tyler Stevenson's being slept on. I don't want to make this that I would never draft Dalton Varsho, but when I see J2 Ramuto on the Fantasy Pros ADP at 24 and I see Dalton Varsho at 43, I actually would rather Ramuto if I really had to do it for the safety net of it. I just don't like some of the changes and that batting average and especially the XBA. So Dalton Varsho, number five on my list. Don't hate me. All right. Seiya Suzuki is number five on my list. It's interesting because he was uh, ECR of 109. The ADP is at 128 looking uh, where he's going right now. And uh, look, this is a player that, you know, I I know I got off to a red hot start the first week of the season and I just kind of rolled my eyes at it. I just I see a lot of holes in his swing and a lot of holes in his game. And I'm not buying this whole Cubs renaissance here. A lot of times when you see these teams kind of sign a bunch of mediocre free agents it's just not something that works. I mean, we've seen it time and time again where teams throw money at players as overrated and they think, oh, it's going to be a much better situation. Or no, it's not. 
it's not going to be a much better situation for the Cubs. Slightly better, perhaps. But Suzuki's a player for me that, like, 14 home runs, 9 steals. Okay, I know outfield isn't the greatest. He played 111 games. If he can, you know, stay healthy enough to play 150, perhaps things are better. But I got to tell you, man, there's some of the deeper stats on him that I'm just not buying uh, Seiya Suzuki as somebody that I think the longer he's in the league, I think the more he's getting figured out. And I just don't think he's a player that really pops for me. I know you disagree. Why? Yeah, this is the one that I don't, this is the only one that I like really fully disagree with. I mean, early on in the year, he was one of um, the best like plate discipline and ball around the zone guys. If you remember like early on, I think it was like the first month or two, he had one of the best, uh, swing inside the zone and non-swing outside the zone rates. But overall, he was actually, even though it was his first year in adjustment, it was pretty consistent. He hit uh, almost, two, he averaged 265 between lefties and righties, 269 against lefties, 259 against righties, which I pretty decently like. I think that mm -hmm. shows pretty good signs of a hitter. 272 in the first half, no major regression in the second half. He actually hit more homers with his batting he, average just dipping a like tiny that, bit. That's such a, you know, he hit six in the first, eight in the second half. But the OBP went from 356 to 319. The batting average dropped 20 points. The OPS dropped from 807 to 737. So that's a little bit of like, oh, he hit more home runs. Like two, two. I got, that's not a big deal. Like I'm just looking at. It's not about that. It's, second it, half is about the more he was seen, the more they're like, okay, we know how to get this guy out now. And they did. And now he's going to make adjustments. And I'm not sold that he can. Okay. Yeah. And see, that's the, that's a, where the disagreement is. And this guy hit 37 yeah. homers in Japan. And you know, yes, you didn't have like a big numerical increase in homers, but he did increase while having a pretty significant decrease in his batting average. That still wasn't atrocious. And he's going to hit a good point in the lineup. I just think he's still going to be able to put up some stolen bases. I would not be shocked statistically if Seiya Suzuki outperformed Dalton Varsho, who we just talked about. And that's why he's one of my targets. You would be awesome. Like I love all this. five. Do you great. think he takes all five categories? I, I don't know. All I want to say is this. He's not going to take batting average necessarily, but I, I, I think that he's going to outperform in home runs, uh, stolen bases, uh, probably also. And, um, counting stats. Sure. Because he's on a better offense as long trying as trying to look at our show's numbers last year. Cause maybe we have a bet here. We just play a five by know. five. Well, bet well, here. well, we got a lot of players to get through still number yeah. four for you on your list of players to avoid. Welsh, who you got. All right. Uh, number four, as I uh, pull up the list here, uh, this is a goofy one. This is pretty far down here, but I don't, this is, and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I feel like I see a lot of people bump him back up and it's Jonathan India. And I am not a Jonathan India guy. Yes. He's at 192 on this list. He's really, really far down. And I would say the amount of players, when you start to get into this whole, like, Oh, players to avoid it decreases as you go down. Like, do you really need to avoid sure. guys that are in the nineties and hundreds and 120? It's like, okay, maybe not 190 really falls out. But I feel like what a lot of people are doing is they're putting Jonathan, they're putting the Jonathan India up on a pedestal, Joe is what they're doing. <laughs> and they're making, they're making you feel comfortable about moving and losing off a second base because we can get a bounce back. When in fact, it was um, it was an atrocious year last year, bottom 5% in a hard hit, bottom 3% in exit velocity, 10 homers, three stolen bases on a 249 average. Um, an incredible number too was how he performed off of um, off of fastballs. His hard hit went way down year over year comparatively. I'm actually trying to find it. it just went away from me. Well, I don't disagree um, while you're looking for that stat because I think India also, when you look at the minor league track record, 
it's a little underwhelming. Uh, I think at the end of the day, he's one of the guys yeah. got hyped, hyped, hyped. And it's, it's funny because Cincinnati's starting to get a track record of this, whether it be Senzel Winker, I mean, we can go down the line of these guys that Cincinnati has high draft picks. They use them and everyone gets excited. And these players just never really develop. So maybe they should look into their development system a little bit more. Cause it's really been a struggle. I think overall sure. for this Reds team for a while now in 2021 against forcing fastballs, he had a 50% hard hit rate in 2022 that dropped down to 31%, 31%. He stopped being able to hit really any fastball and it just wasn't at a good rate. Here's one other little thing I'd add to it as well. On ADPs, I see Josh Rojas going behind him and I'm not trying to be a big diamondback defender or anything like that, but listen, Josh Rojas beat him in almost every category. He had about 50 or 60 more uh, at-bats, which I'll obviously acknowledge, but he beat him by almost 20 more runs, 20 more RBIs, 20 stolen bases had one less homer had a lower K percentage, a higher walk percentage, 20 points more on the batting average. And he's going behind Jonathan India and he qualifies at two positions. That's silly. I'm not doing the buyback on Jonathan, Jonathan India. If he works cool, I'm not going to be there. I'd much rather have Josh Rojas. All right. I don't want Cabrian Hayes. He's number four on my list. And the, this is the one I almost put on mine as well, by the way. Yeah. I I'm, I just don't see it. I mean, you're playing for a Pittsburgh offense. It's still, I mean, O'Neill Cruz, yes, sure. You know, Brian Reynolds there for however long he's going to be there. But looking at Hayes, and I don't want to say he's a player that's going backwards, but he's a player that's going backwards. The 20 steals is great. Like, I understand he's going to be popular because of that. But at the end of the day, Welsh, I haven't seen him advance at all as a hitter. And I understand, you know, he's had some injuries, and I get that. You know, you go back to 2020, it was a very short sample there. He was, you know, hitting 376 there in the 24 games he played in 2020 in the short season. But then you get the 96 games in 21, the 136 games last year. I mean, combined, you're looking at a guy who's hitting 250. It's getting it on base at a 315 clip. The slugging is well south of 400. Like, that's just not a player that gets me out of bed in the morning. I get excited about the draft. I'm just not doing it. Um, I know if you're late on steals at the end as a corner guy, maybe you can fill with that. But I just don't like Hayes Welsh. Yeah, I was also worried like the barrels per plate appearance is like wildly low. The hard hit is low. like he's in line with a lot of the like higher contact guys who are not putting up fantastic stats, you know, like, like almost like um, like Jeff McNeil is fine. He always kind of lacks in like overall counting stats, but he'll have a great batting average and stuff like that. He just like doesn't lift the ball. He doesn't barrel up the ball a whole bunch. And keep Ryan Hayes sits in there. I always was like of a believer in him. I'm just worried it's never going to get tapped into. It's just not something I'm interested in because I feel like the cost, like, what did you say it was? It's like one 182. I mean, it's not, I mean, that's lower than I've seen in drafts though. That's not that bad, but I've seen, look, it's not that bad. And I told you for the steals, I get it, but I just don't think he's going to give you too much else. I just don't see it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a player I want. I'd rather in that range, if I'm looking in the one eighties, like your boy Springs is there, right? I mean, there's a player, Vaughn Grissom's at 189. Like there's players there that I'd rather take a shot on Brady Singer. Uh, is in that range. There's players there, Grayson Rodriguez, that I think is a much better investment uh, I agree overall than where he is. All right, well, let's go back to you for your number three guy on your list of players to avoid. Who is it? All right, so Toronto people, I do love you, uh, but I don't love Whit Merrifield. <laughs> yes. Whit Merrifield's Seriously, on this list. You hate the Canadians today. What's I guess I on? do. Well, I'm about to pick Not on another team for one Canadian, and two. So, yeah, yeah, well, there's another place that'll hate me more because my one and two are on the same team. <laughs> but um, uh, blue is blue can be. Blue is his jersey was a baseball savant page for uh, Whit Merrifield this past year. Hard hit at a low. Obviously, that's not never necessarily been his game. Low barrel 
Farrell's per plate appearance doesn't get the ball in the air. Um, you know, obviously put up some big stat years in prior, but that's just kind of gone. 11 homers, 16 stolen bases, actually kind of surprising. And what makes him, what makes him tough is he was drafted so high in previous years and he's regressed way, way down. But you're going back in, like we talked about with Dalton Varsho, it's a worse hitting environment. I'm not sure Whit Merrifield is even beyond more than like a super utility, like um, you, like a platoonish type of player, maybe like a Chris Taylor moving forward. But I mean, everything Ugh, was at lows. That's sad. If that's that, the I, truth. but that's just I how feel I like feel something about was it. Just mechanical and mental last year for him. I, I this is a player that again I, I think that I'm going to throw some shares out there of because you've seen what the ceiling is. And now, look, I don't think he's you know going to hit you know 20 home runs or 19 like he did a couple of years ago. But if he can hit a dozen home runs and give me 30 steals, like that's a lot. Now, I understand what you're saying. I don't think you're getting the 30 steals, though. I don't think you're getting those steals. That's what I think is going to only do if he starts to make better contact again and starts to, you know, fix some of the on base issues. Like if if he starts to hit with confidence, he's on base more. He can't steal first. You know, we always talk about that with uh, Alberto Mondesi, right? You can't steal first. But, um, you know, Merrifield, I'm not ready to give up yet. But I understand your trepidation because you look at last year and it was a hot mess. Yeah. And the thing that works in his favor is that he's going way later. Yeah. That's what happens with some of these guys. And there's another one I'm trying to think of, of there were a couple of these guys that you would draft like in the third or fourth round. And now they come at these like exceptionally lower costs and they, it just feels so much better, which is super fun. But at the end of the day, he's just not in that same marker. I, the whole time I was trying to look for this as well. Uh, that speed rating he's got, it's not everything, but it's 5.2, which is the lowest of his entire career. Not trying to make a big thing about it because like his highs were usually around the sixes, but you've got a lower overall sprint rating according to fan graphs of 5.2. You've got a more suppressed ballpark. You got a place that he's not going to run as much. And I feel like we're trying to buy back in, like you said, like 30 stolen bases. And I just don't think it's obtainable. He's not expensive, but I don't want him. I don't really want any exposure to Whit Merrifield. A million other places I'd rather go. So he's on my uh, no thank you list. Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience of your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Create or join a fantasy baseball commissioner league, invite your friends, and dominate your drafts this season. And the top dynasty fantasy baseball platform in the industry is Fantrax. It's not even close. Go deeper with the ultimate keeper and dynasty leagues. Create a simple redraft league or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. If you're coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize as needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or a mistake in dropping a player? Fantrax commissioner tools allow you to undo any move with one simple click. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2008, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, hockey, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, NASCAR, you name it, they've got it. And if there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has that too. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep and neither does Fantrax with seasons running 365 days a year. There's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it their permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official signed Vladimir Guerrero Jr. jersey by simply going to Fantrax.com slash fantasy pros and signing up today. That's Fantrax.com slash fantasy pros for your chance to win that official signed Vladimir Guerrero Jr. jersey. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. And now back to the action. All right, next guy on my no thank you list, and this one hurts because this is a player that I've had shares of. In fact, his best season 
we had all the shares of this guy. And it was amazing because that year the guy hit 39 home runs in 2021. Dan Harris and I, boy, did we love us a Mitch Hanniger, but now he's in San Francisco. I do not love this ballpark for right-handed power guys. It's just not necessarily where I'm looking. Uh, also just, you know, the frustrations of the games played for Mitch Hanniger at the end of the day. And right now, you know, the ECR is at 155. The ADP is at 158 for him over on Fantasy Pros. And again, you can check this out, fantasypros.com slash rankings. It's all there. You know, I'm looking at a player right now that, you know, do I get 100 games out of him? And that's more than anything, the investment. Because when he plays 150 games, you know what you're getting out of him, which is a, a pretty decent player. And I know outfield is sparse. I know it is really a difficult position. You're going to want to take some shots on some guys later on. It just feels like one that's just going to be doomed to fail when it comes to Mitch Hanneker for me. Does so it make it feel good that DH is, is in the line ballpark. there? Uh, you know, it, it it should. It should theoretically, but DH has been in the American League, you know, and look, yeah. last year he 57 games. So, you know, I think with Mitch Hanniger, my thing is it's I like the player. I'm rooting for Mitch Hanniger. I'm just not going to have any shares of Mitch Hanniger probably unless – you know, things really go awry and I'm just throwing some darts out there. But Hanniger is a player that I have a big red flag on this year. I don't like him in San Fran. I just think it's a bad spot for him, coupled with the lack of games played throughout his career. It's just been a real bummer for me. Uh, we've seen the high point, but I think when we chase that, it's just an error. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little indifferent about him. You know, funny enough, I don't think I really get shares on him. I'm actually getting more of a Conforto when I'm putting it out there. Well, I Conforto's cheaper. He's much cheaper. I got him as my so fifth outfielder yeah. in a 12-team head-to-head mock draft that we just did. Uh, by the way, I, I meant to mention this before, but we jumped right into the episode. 164 for Hanniger, 215 for Conforto. Go ahead. Yeah, he was my fifth one. I wanted to get this in when you were doing your ad on the Draft Wizard, but we jumped right into it. Uh, a cool feature we found, I always hook up um, the Draft Wizard and the Draft Assistant to every mock draft we do when I do the In This League stuff. And mm -hmm. something we found out that's so cool, if anyone ever does it, after the draft and analyzes your draft, you see all the cool things where like, it's like, hey, Joe loves your draft the most and here's your steals. It's super valuable. We just found this out. You could click on every single team and get every team's information on that. We had no idea if you click on that on the projected standings. So you don't just get your own. You can get a breakdown of every single person when you do the draft wizard on that. So I just want to let people know about that. Click on it. You'll get all the cool stuff. Who loved, who hated. But Conforto in that, I took as my fifth outfielder in this 12-team head-to-head. I don't even really think about Mitch Hanniger, to your point. He's really not on my radar because I kind of think they're similar to the same player. If Hanniger is the DH, maybe that's going to help with longevity. But like you said, it's it was an AL thing as well. And Thyra Strada is going to be in the outfield, which maybe uh, pushes him off a little bit um, as far as like ability to go in the outfield, which might be a help. Yeah, I, I'm agree. I agree. I don't know if I would pick this guy out, but I can't imagine I ever take this guy at the cost that you're putting him. So he's probably a fade. And, and, and you make a great well. point. I thought the same thing about Conforto. I was like, I could just wait a bunch of picks later and try Conforto. I know he hasn't played in a year, but you know Conforto's track record when healthy was also pretty good. And I guess the cost is completely different. All right, before we get to more draft advice, we got a couple other guys here uh, to talk about that we want to avoid. So uh, Welsh, your number two guy on your list. Who is it? All right, so I struggle with this one. There's actually two guys. I'm going to tell everybody the two guys. I'm going to just put it out there. The guy almost picked was on my Arizona Diamondback team, um, Jake McCarthy. I almost picked uh -huh, interesting. on this list. I, I The projections are wild, and I have a hard time believing he's really going to like lead the league or be near the top of stolen bases. I think Corbin Carroll's going to outrun him. Uh, the power I don't know about. I almost picked him. I decided to move off, but I went with the other guy, and it's Stephen Kwan. 
I don't like the cost of Stephen Kwan right now, especially on the return. Uh, it's 117 is the ADP, but guess what? Outfield stinks. Everyone's reaching. Kwan always goes up. He's always further in every draft that I've been doing. And this is, I just don't, there's so much I don't believe in. First off, I don't believe in any power numbers progressing where, uh, what did he have? Six homers in almost 150 games last year. Five and six in the second half. So it came on late, the power. No barrels. Well. Three of them in September, by the way. No barrels. One of the lowest uh, hard hit. It had average exit velocity, which is bottom 3% of the league of 85.1. Hard hit was bottom 1% of the entire league. So a lot of this is built off of him being able to all of a sudden start stealing a whole bunch of bases. And what I'm worried about is you're paying almost a hot top 100 cost for what I think is really a two category player. Good average, good runs. I think the stolen bases are going to regress. Every projection system mm. agrees with that. There's really no homers to speak of and there's no significant uh, RBI. So why am I paying close to a top 100 value for a two category player? That's not going to score hundred runs, by the way. So it's not elite runs and the batting average is elite. So I'm going to say, no thank you to the cost of Stephen Kwan. I'd rather McCarthy over him. I think it's just too expensive for what you really get in return. Different in points leagues, but head-to-head and Roto, no thanks. Fascinating because Kwan was a guy that I thought was going to make my list. And then I had him on there, started to dig a little deeper and stuff. And I went, you know what? And you know the difference between you and I is I am a points league guy. So I like Stephen Kwan because he's going to just dink and doink people every week to death. I love yeah, those points of leagues. I put him up. Yeah, I'd be better. And I think, points that, so I think my perspective is probably skewed a little bit because I'm looking at a player that showed, you know, we talked about Suzuki before. This was a player that, you know, I feel like Chris Collinsworth. Now here's a guy that in the second part of the year, things went better. Batting average went from 279 to 317. OBP went from 361 to 384. The slugging went from 359 to 439. And the OPS went from 720 to 823. So all of those things started going in the right direction. He added the 14 steals to 14 of the 19 steals he had came in the second half. Uh, I am agreement with you wholeheartedly. I don't see him as a power guy. Maybe it's five home runs, six home runs, whatever. But I do believe you're correct in he's probably a guy to avoid a cost in Roto Leagues. But in points leagues, he's a guy that I like because I feel like he's almost sure. underappreciated because it's not flashy. You know, he's not going to hit 30 home runs. He's not going to get you points that way, but week to week, man, this guy's going to show up and get you 15. It's just not going to be the prettiest 15. And I kind of like that about Quan. So good stuff there. I like this different perspectives. All right. Here's time for my number two. I think Welsh is going to be on board with this one. Chris sale. Can't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. 176. The Red Sox are terrible. That's the ADP right now. Of course, sale. I don't know how long he's going to pitch, what it's going to look like. And it's so comical to me Welsh because the first part of Chris Sale's career all we heard was there's no way this guy can sustain he's is the mechanics will be okay his rubber arm all these things right you know what and then he was dominant 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 and then eventually the wheels came off and now the wheels are off on a bad team in a tough division where he's gonna have to go out there and face the Yankees and you know the Rays are always good and then you're gonna have to face oh wait this Toronto team that's outstanding and and you know what? The Baltimore offense is, is much better, I think, than people realize um, and might be again this year, if not better. So to me, I'm just out on Chris Sale. I, I understand the I understand looking at Chris Sale and going, oh, I could be sneaky here and get this value. I just don't know how many things you're going to realistically get out of him. And once again, I'm looking at the other you know, players in that range. There are guys out there that Charlie Morton. Going right next to him in ADP, it's not even close for not me. even. Give me Charlie Morton every single day over sale. 
a hundred out of a hundred times. I'll, I'll take Charlie Morton. I love Charlie. Charlie Morton's actually going to be something in the draft advice we talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I think I'm a little bit more indifferent about Chris Sale. Uh, I don't really have interest, so I, I would, I'm comfortable putting him on this list. I don't want to say that he can't. I actually think the Red Sox have constructed kind of a sneaky little team that might be able to manufacture and get a little runs or whatever, but he's just such a liability. Um, I did see him go past 200 in a draft, which I think makes him a little bit more interesting, but I just, I still didn't pull the trigger. I'm just really not interested in uh, Chris Sale right now. Okay. Uh, number one on your list of players to avoid in 2023 Welsh. We got here. Who is it? All right. So this one, it still stings and I really don't have great reasons behind <laughs> it because of what he was able to do. And the number one guy is Shane Bieber. And I know guardians fans Sacrilege. are not going to like that. What's that? It's what? Sacrilege. I, well, I, I love the Beebs. I want to hear why t- you ha- don't, you're avoiding him. I, I want to like, say hate it's too strong of a word. I why like are you avoiding him? Pitcher. But here's my problem with it last year. And this is famous to what happened last year. We saw decreases like across the board spin mm-hmm. rate on the fastball dropped almost 1500. Uh, we had a 200 drop on the slider. I'm just going through the numbers here. No slider. Yeah. Slider was about a hundred. Uh, the curveball ended up having a 200 RPM decrease. I mean, spin decreases across the board. You had fastball velocity decreases. You just had these massive decreases that, guess what he did, though? And this is what anyone would argue. He still produced, which was incredible. And I don't want to not acknowledge that. My problem is, is he is built off of being able to command the ball, pound the zone, obviously. Still really good spin rates, even though he lost it. But that type of stuff decrease, I'm worried, and especially at this age, it feels very similar to like Clayton Kershaw. Last year, it didn't catch up. I'm worried it is going to catch up this year. That all of those decreases, we will start to see come down. And if that happens, I think it's going to be messy. And he still comes at a pretty high cost, but he produced. So listen, this is one that I'm giving a big caveat. Mm -hmm. Am I telling you do not draft Shane Bieber? No, he goes deep into games. He's going to get wins on a good team and stuff like that. But am I going to take him? No, I'm avoiding him because I think those are big warning signs. Maybe it's a one-off and maybe this year we're going to see the fastball increase a little bit or something like that. And we'll all be happy and everyone will cheer and everyone will be excited. But listen, at the ADP cost, which is currently, was it 56? 56. The pitchers yeah. that are in that market, in that range, I'd rather pass on Bieber and wait another round or two. Give, give me Luis Castillo. Give me Zach Gallen. Let me have you Darvish. Let me have Joe Musgrove. That Let me get I all those with. guys. I agree and I want to avoid sentiment. the mess. I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. Uh, he's going in the same range as Zach Wheeler and Urias, and I'd rather have Bieber than both those guys. I just trust Bieber way more. And if you're keeping score at home, Welsh doesn't like anyone who plays for the Guardians or the Blue Jays. Just so you know, <laughs> really, avoid well, them all. Well, George Valera, if it's a prospect, George Valera, I talk about any place I possibly can. I should. <laughs> hold on. Let me think of a player. Um, I really like Andres Jimenez. I like Ahmed Rosario, even though he ruined me last year. And then let me get a good Toronto player. Uh, I love Teoscar Hernandez, who you guys traded to Seattle. So I want to say something there, nice about the well, so there you go. So you still can't do that. All right. My Kevin number Gossman. one guy for 2023 to avoid. And this breaks my heart because I love the guy. It's Bryce Harper. He's going at 115 still. And he's not going to play till the all-star game. What are you crazy? What are you nuts? Why are you doing this to yourself? It is hard enough to get a team healthy enough to be relevant. By the time you get to the all-star break, you're going to put a pick at 115 overall on a player who's not going to play. He's not going to play. Until then, and that's barring any other circumstances. And I know he's tough, and I know he's going to try to to push it because he's Bryce Harper. And I love the dude. I love Bryce Harper. You know why I love him? Because he reminds me of George Brett when I was a kid, and I love that about him. He's tough. 
He's a little unlikable. That's great. He's got fantastic hair. He won me a ton of money at 30 to one on MVP a couple years ago. So many reasons why I love Bryce Harper. Except you I hate just him. don't love him. No, I just, him. I'm avoiding him. I don't know. Ah, players, not we hate. We're avoiding. I just think this is a terrible investment. You're not getting enough of a discount currently on Bryce Harper to justify him missing April, May, June, and probably most of July. It's absurd that he's where he is in ADP right now. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Uh, he was a lot cheaper earlier on, and he's starting to get a little bit more expensive. I'm probably a big old out on Roto. Head to head's a little bit different for me because the idea of getting him back, the impact he could have on the back half and a playoff run is exponentially different than just like counting mm -hmm. up some of the stats you're going to get. But I'm still not going to pay like top 100, top 150. I need like 150. I need like a real discount on Bryce Harper and it's got to be head to head. Otherwise, I'm avoiding or actually uh, Otno on Fangraphs, a dynasty mm -hmm. platform. I uh, just took Bryce Harper and I got him for dirt cheap, but it's a dynasty league. That's about the only that's place. Totally, that's the only place any I'll have dynasty Harper keeper the whole situation. Year. Totally different. You, yeah. you reach on Harper early. That's fine. I don't care. If you get any discount, that's awesome. Take it. Run. Uh, just to recap too, Dalton Varsho, Jonathan India, Whit Merrifield, Stephen Kwan, Shane Bieber. Welsh is avoiding. I'm avoiding Seiya Suzuki, Cabrian Hayes, Mitch Hanniger, Chris Sale, and Bryce Harper. Before we get to my Joe Pesci story, quick <sighs> nuggets of draft advice. Three things from each of us. Number one, for me, address outfield early. I know we're going to sound like broken records, but I kind of keep driving that home to everybody. It is rough out there. And if you're playing four or five outfielders active in your lineups, you better have a plan. Uh, hit that 25 to 35 SP group hard. The group that Welsh was just mentioning, that's the group you want to be in where the guys from Toronto are, you know, Manoa, Gossman, the guys from San Diego, guys like Musgrove, you Darvish. That's a great group. And number three for me, focus on good offenses when drafting hitters and pitchers. Okay. You know, we talk about this in the NFL version of our show here. But we don't talk about enough in the MLB version. It matters. Liner protection matters. It helps the run scored when you have good offenses. It just lifts everybody up, helps pitcher win. So if you're deciding between players, they're kind of close. Take the guy in the better team. Typically, that's a better situation. Welsh, give us three nuggets here for us. Yeah, let me advice. turn this hat because we're going to get serious oh, here. We're going to turn wow. the hat and get hey, serious. Hey, look, it's a DFS guy. Give <laughs> us <his> hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. Look at Welsh's DFS picks. I do look like I, I do look like I'm about to give out some serious DFS information. You can't do a DFS show and wear a hat forward. It's just not. You're not allowed. Yeah, that's it's true. Just... I actually just want to point out that I think yours are the most important. So I'm going to kind of just have like reiterations <laughs> of yours. Well, that's no, you hit, if I had if I'd saw this first, my number one and I just wrote as my number one outfield, outfield, outfield. Uh, I know we're saying it a lot and it's annoying and stuff like that, but you just have to be so cognizant this year because it really gets away. Pay attention to your formats. Sometimes they're easier to stomach. Um, sometimes they're not. Points leagues, I think, are a little bit easier to stomach because I think all those players, there's those like contact-based players that kind of move up and the power hitters move up. But in Roto and head-to-head, -head, and I do a lot of five outfield, almost every mock I've done is a five outfield. And if I'm not paying attention and I'm not on the sleepers and, and willing in the 100s to start reaching for a couple guys, it's going to get messy. Closers get ugly if you want any stability. So just pointing that out. If you want lockdown closers, they go higher. Uh, I don't think a lot of ranks and ADPs will truly show you how competitive leagues are going to draft closers. So be aware, the gross named closers that go in the 90s will make you sick. You're either going to have to be comfortable with punting it or have a plan going in because when the closer runs go, it can get ugly and you can't always get Andres Munoz, though you should <laughs> draft him as well. I was going to say, um, it says you, I yeah. can always get, I will 
elbow people out of the way for that guy. Well, and want same here. That's Let's the guy go. that I want yeah. to get. And lastly, just pitchers are aging kind of like a fine wine. Um, this little anti uh, statement against, I guess, my Shane Bieber stuff. But guys like Charlie Morton, you know, Charlie Morton. I like Andrew Heaney. Some of the more older, boring pitchers I'm willing to move up again, like you look at Shane Bieber and like Kevin Gossman goes behind. Like I'd rather have Kevin Gossman. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to pair, you know, your pitching staff with some more older, boring pitchers to kind of balance <laughs> I mean, it out, especially if you're going younger. Kind of qualifies as older, boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You Darvish, Darvish is still cheap. You know, Blake Snell, all those guys stuff. are getting older that I don't think people realize are starting to get older, but yeah, I mean, nobody yeah. sold us Charlie Morton at the end of the all day. Right, so what's up um, with Joe Pesci? What happened with you right, and Joe so Pesci? Here you go. So what's trending on Twitter today? Joe Pesci was trending because it's his 80th birthday, which is fantastic. Joe Pesci's 80. He is a treasure, not just for obviously casino and Goodfellas and all the amazing performances he's given there, but also the home alones of the world you know little tiny beautiful movies like with honors i love joe pesci i got to meet joe pesci when i was younger Mm -hmm. i was working at a hotel i was in the front desk area of the hotel and uh every year in new jersey joe pesci would have this charity golf tournament it's a charity golf you know joe pesci huge golfer big into the golf and uh true story uh so it's early in the morning i'm there i'm helping everybody out you know all the people are going out there for the golf tournament and uh I somehow end up with Joe Pesci's clubs. So I'm, I'm helping Joe <laughs> Pesci with his clubs to his car. Uh, I get there and uh, Joe Pesci tells me to open his trunk and he's standing behind me as I'm <laughs> holding his golf clubs. And I will tell you, Welsh, it was the scariest moment in my entire life because I didn't know what was going to happen next. When Joe Pesci is behind you, says, hey, uh, why don't you open a trunk there uh, for me? Yeah, I can put my clubs in it. I don't know what's going to be in the trunk. And you know what the I'm worst part up is in the trunk? I have no idea what's going to go on here, but it was a I would fun have opened story. it with like the hand on the back of my head. The worst part yeah. too <laughs> is like when he does that, you had to have felt like you want to make a joke about it, but that's also not oh, the no. guy. Like he's his most he's famous line is me. like, what you am know, I, a clown? I mean, my, we've yeah. been in person. I'm like five, seven on a good day, five, eight, maybe. And Joe Pesci, I mean, Pacino is a midget. Chapino, I can't even say Pacino, a dwarf, I got to say. Like he is, he is very, very small. Pesci is only slightly bigger than him. He is little and um, you were incredibly intimidating good. of a person. Also, at the time, he was dating Angie Everhart. I don't know if you remember her. If Angie you don't know who Everhart. that is, Google it. No. And this is why uh, Google it right now. So your live okay. reaction on the show. And this is one of those things where you, you, you see Joe Pesci walk in with Angie Everhart to the hotel the night before and you go, man, Joe Pesci is about the coolest guy ever. Think about how cool Joe Pesci is. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, thought- I'm looking at. I'm, I think I'm looking at more recent. I probably need some older. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Older. Like 2004, probably, I'm thinking here. Yeah. You know? And she she was probably six inches taller Actually, than no, him. Actually, no, probably more like 2007 now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah. That had to be good. I feel there like for you, you, that's like, uh, you know, you're Italian guy. Like, that's one of the icons. Oh, come on. That's, Raging that's one Bull of the icons. Joe Pesci. I mean, come on. And no. you know what? I was just very respectful. But, you know, like I said, that moment there. Putting the, you know, op- putting the key in the trunk, trying to open the trunk. I was like, hey, like, ooh, I don't know if this is what I want to do. But luckily, golf clubs are the only thing that went in there. And I lived to be here doing the show. So there That's you go. There's a fun cool. Joe Pesci story. True story. Can't make these things up. Also can't make up how great the Draft Wizard is. See what I did there? Go to fantasypros.com slash Draft Wizard or download the app. Get your mock draft on. We're going to have a mock draft episode next week. Joe Arico is going to join us for that. It's going to be good times. Joey. We've got our infield preview with Frank Stamfel next week from CBS. That's going to be great. The outfield preview. So many fun things. Make sure you subscribe to Fantasy Pros MLB channel on YouTube so you can watch the show and check out Leading Off every single day when the season starts. 
I want to thank the sponsor of today's show, and that's Fantrax. Fantasy Sports doesn't sleep, and neither does Fantrax. So start a league at Fantrax or move your current existing leagues over, and you could win a signed Vladimir Guerrero Jr. jersey at Fantrax.com slash Fantasy Pros. So sign up today at Fantrax.com slash Fantasy Pros. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on for the Welsh. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Baseball Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Pros MLB and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Fantasy Pros MLB.